Welcome to the Bioinnovation Spotlight at Life Science Org. I'm your host, Dr. David Kirk, and I talk to the people behind early stage translational life science across Europe whose innovative research today may be the blockbusters and game changing technologies of tomorrow. This podcast is produced for Life Science Org, a community where European life science CEOs, founders, and investors can connect, share, and engage with one another. Life Science Org community members get exclusive early access to these episodes, as well as a network of their peers regular expert insights and sessions with leaders in life science, as well as useful resources for life science executives. Join the conversation at www.lifescienceorg.com. I'm joined this week by Anna Lobato-Pasquale, the co-founder and CEO of IVF Fit, a startup working on personalized IVF treatment based in Norway. IVF Fit has already developed a diagnostic decision tool for clinicians, and their work is supported by Spark Norway. Anna, thank you for joining me on the show. Thanks a lot for inviting me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to found the company. I have a master's in biochemistry and biotechnology from my home country, Spain. But uh, however, my passion is in immunology. And after some years working in the UK and in Norway in both molecular biology and immunology labs, I decided to take a PhD in immunobiology here in Oslo. And uh, my project was uh, very much based on basic research. So when I finished, uh, I really felt like I needed something more, more tangible, you could say, more like with a translational profile. And at that time, I was very lucky that uh, the team at the in vitro fertilization clinic at uh, Oslo University Hospital was looking for a person with my background in immunology. And what they were doing is to develop a new product concept, a blood test. So I thought that was really exciting. Uh, I was very lucky. I got hired and I took over the R&D together with conducting a randomized uh, control trial. And uh, after this comes the entrepreneurship part. So as you probably know, all the inventions from public institutions and so on, they are handled by the technology transfer offices, the TTOs. And, and that was, was not an exception, uh, at least for the first years. But uh, I really, I was very curious. I wanted to know more about the commercialization and the business part, which they took control of. So. At uh, that time as well, the University of Oslo offered these um, courses within the new School of Health Innovation. So I joined them and I enrolled in this uh, bioinnovation course at Copenhagen, Copenhagen Business School. And this is actually where I met my co-founders. It was after this course where we had to plan, um, develop a business plan. We realized that nobody knew better than us the science the purpose of the test or the user need or the market. So then I asked my boss and the clinic director, is, is, it, is it okay if I continue with the commercialization of the product and take over the patent from the TTO? And they said, yes. And they said, you have one year to test this and if you're successful, so there you are. <laughs> so at the same time is when a Spark uh, program started and, and my boss said, do you want to join the Spark? We fully support you. So I asked these guys from uh, Copenhagen Business School, do you really want to do this together? This is opportunity. So we pitched for Spark and 
and they're here we are. Wonderful. Uh, but you mentioned that your team had the scientific skills. Tell me, what, what was the big unmet need that you were able to identify uh, and what are you trying to address with IVF Fit? Something that people don't know is that IVF is very new. I mean, the first IVF baby was born in 1978. That's round the corner when you talk about technology, yeah? Mm. An example of this is what we're actually doing is the hormone dosage calculation. So during IVF treatment, the patient injects herself daily with a hormone. It's called FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone. And the purpose of this is to stimulate the follicles. So with the aim of obtaining several eggs, these eggs we're going to later fertilize in the vitro lab. So the key question for the doctor, and this is important, is how much hormone should the patient inject the day? And this calculation is based on an estimation using several parameters. And this is actually something that's up to the clinic or to the doctor. And they utilize basically the parameters they prefer or they trust better. There's no standard method. Hormone dosage part of the beginning of five-year treatment, and it's fundamental if you want to be successful with your treatment. And, and why? It's because if you give too much hormone to the patient, you risk overstimulating the patient. Right. And if you give too little, then you risk obtaining few eggs or, or bad ones. So you want to avoid both sides. This can lead actually to treatment cancellation. So the doctor has to find this, this fine balance in order to obtain but we call it an optimal window between eight and 12 eggs. And we like to say that 10 is the golden number. So this is what IBF fit aims at optimizing the hormone dosage calculation. So how, how does it work? The lab, which I joined, the, uh, that was in 2014, they had made a discovery. They thought, well, this can actually, it's, it's both a clinic and a research uh, lab. So they saw that this new discovery could be utilized to improve the IVF treatment. We could improve the hormone dosage calculation. We developed this blood test, tested it at our clinic in this uh, RCT, and we demonstrated that we could help both the patient and the clinician to obtain this optimal number of egg cells. We baptized the, the test OptimoVa, so optimal, uh, optimal amount of eggs. So what it does? It's a blood test and is based on a blood biomarker. Mm. This blood biomarker is specific for the patient. With the help of an algorithm, what we want to do is transform the test result into a dosage unit. So this is what the doctor is going to utilize to adjust the hormone dosage. It's a decision tool for the doctor. And this is going to allow for a patient to tailor hormone dosage. I assume there's nothing else like this on the market because you mentioned everyone has their own kind of way of calculating this. That, that is the funny part because every time I say there's nothing in the market like this, like, oh, you have to have some competitors. Yeah, no direct competitors. There is no real individual personalized method out there for hormone dosage. Why do you think that is? Uh, perhaps, as I say, because IBF is per se... You. People mm. think the methods work 
I mean, you know, doctors don't <laughs> like to say, hey, what I do, it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I find that a bit challenging. I, I did travel a little bit and visit some, some clinics. And when I was telling what Optimova does, and I said, uh, which method do you use actually for calculating hormone dosage? And they say, well, I do this and this and that. But don't you use these other parameters? No, so I think it's okay. I get good results. That's part of a challenge for us when we want to approach them, I guess, um, trying to show, look, this is our results. This is how you can help your patients. You actually give a patient as well hope. And I think we can build trust between them both. Because that's another aspect. When I have talked to patients, they say, I have this feeling the doctors don't know which dose I need because I failed on the first round. I come on the second round and they give me a second one, a second different dosage. And when I ask, why is this? They can't give a propaganda. So I think that trust building is something that we can offer in addition to a real optimization of the method, the treatment. I don't think there's a family that exists at the moment that hasn't been touched, at least in, certainly in, in the West, that hasn't been touched by IVF in some way. And I think everybody knows the frustration and the, the pain and the, and the highs and lows of it as well. Definitely. It, IVF is physically demanding, but also psychologically, and don't forget it, economically, it's not cheap, especially if you go private. Not all countries uh, give IBF, IBF treatment for free. Mm. But I would say psychologically, it is really demanding for the couple, for your social life, your working life is affected. So if you can be successful on your first try, I mean, this is excellent. And another thing which the doctor needs to inform the patient when it comes to the clinic, that it normally takes three cycles mm -hmm. to become pregnant. And that's to become pregnant. After that, your pregnancy has to be successful. So chances that you're going to have a baby mm. can be between 15, 25%. So you, you want to optimize as much as you can during this long patient journey to try to increase this uh, delivery rate. Uh, looking towards the future then, where do you hope IVF fit will be in 12 months time? Before we talked to patients and to doctors and, and we received very positive responses and interest for Optimova. And some partners joined us in this process of developing better what's it we can offer to both the patient and the doctors. What we're doing now, and I hope we can start this year because thanks to COVID, everything got stopped. <laughs> we want to manufacture a small batch of Optimova and we already have some uh, partners um, which had to stop uh, helping us because they were producing kits for mm. COVID. Thank you. <laughs> wow. So this year seems that uh, we can start this preparing this uh, small batch, which we want to test at some IBF clinics that already have agreed to, to test it with the patients. So we want to start first in Europe, basically because Europe is the leader in the IVF market when it mm. comes to cycles performed. Um, as well because our patent has been granted in Europe. Mm. And I would say a very important factor is that Asia and the USA, they are very different markets and they have different reimbursement policies. That's well different cultures. So if, if we want to approach these uh, regions, we will really have to think of a different go-to-market strategy. And mm. right now with the resources we have, we should focus in Europe. 
Wow, that's brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with me, Anna. I wish you the best of luck, and I can't wait to chat to you again, hopefully, in a year's time when you're rolling out. Thank you so much. Thanks to you, David. If you are an early stage life science company or translational project ready to spin out and you're based in Europe, you can get on the show by going to lifescienceorg.com forward slash bioinnovation. Talk to you soon.